1: I've never actually like processed. I know. I've walked
0: a thousand miles. If I could just hold you tonight. Tonight.
1: (laughs) Hey guys, welcome. (laughs) Welcome to the summary musical. Yeah. We're dressed up like cats.
0: That's an idea for a bonus pod. We we have to pick out. It's, got, it's going to be like a jukebox musical, so it's got to be already existing Ooh. songs, but we assign it to the, Sil- the Silmarillion. Mm. That's an idea.
1: Mm. Okay. I just I've already more... got my first pitch. Turn and oh. Bellig are singing Breaking Free from High School Musical.
0: Oh, fuck.
1: <laughs>
0: okay. It starts out with them singing I Don't Dance, and then it becomes Breaking Free.
1: And Beleg is definitely the one singing, I don't Oh, guess, yeah,
0: no, totally.
1: To Turin. Ooh, ooh, Turin can have an <laughs> angsty. <laughs> Bless <you>. Pardon me. <laughs> Turin can have an angsty scream moment. Oh, singing scream from oh, good. musical three. Yeah. Yeah, he fits the bill. Mm. All right, I'm ready for it.
0: We got this. Man, it's already done. We're already in. <laughs>
1: I'm just recasting high school musicals, Bella turn.
0: Finn Finn literally just messaged me over Discord and said, I just passed your room and now I have Vanessa Carlton stuck in my head.
1: <laughs> You're welcome.
0: <laughs> we are doing the Lord's work. Oh, Tori, how are you? I've not seen you since Monday.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Where we watched uh The Princess Bride for the our Princess patrons. Bride. And oh, we fan casted mostly you fan casted a Princess Bride remake with.
0: Mm-hmm. Please
1: tell them your brilliant galaxy brain tank.
0: So in case they didn't uh, see your tweets. My God, Brain Tank was Vico Ortiz as uh, Inigo Montoya, and I tagged Vico in it, and Vico responded with, "Hell yeah, they'd totally be up for that." Mm-hmm. So. Now my new mission is move to, move, to, move to L.A. and do a remake of Princess Bride, which is ballsy because it is a very beloved classic. It is, and yeah. If I even think about touching it, I think I might get people. So I would say, if I would go into it, I'd be like the preface of, this is just a fun little experiment. <laughs> Everyone knows the first movie cannot be outdone. Yeah, it's just this a is, little, little updated. This is, this is fan fiction. This is my film fun fan fiction with well famous people.
1: With Vico in, you've already got the gays and thays on board. Yeah,
0: well, see, that's the thing. Uh, that's how I'm going to make all my money. You see, I know how to play yeah. the gay community. Uh- <laughs>
1: And you're only allowed to say that because you're a part of the community. <laughs> Let's make it clear before you're cancelled.
0: <laughs> no, cancel me. That'll make it even better. Man, cancelled man plays gay community uh... like fiddle.
1: Uh, are you drinking oh, milk? Goodness.
0: No. <laughs> okay, yes.
1: <laughs> you love that. Just the way you said that, we could see the guilty face in this podcast for Look, it's been it's, off a minute since I've seen you drink milk, at least it, well, I,
0: I, I, Yeah, I have not been... Well, it's because I haven't really been drinking a lot while we've been recording, but uh, I have today just bought a bunch of discount chocolate, because mm. today is the day after Valentine's Day that we're recording this. What'd you score? And uh, I scored two of like the really big heart-shaped boxes, mm. and they were 50% off, so oh, I only paid like yeah. $12 for those things, so hell yeah it was well worth the trip i mean <laughs> i i literally just stopped on my way back from work so but yeah that was uh that was my haul but what about you did you fall in love again over oh, valentine's yeah. day sorry i
1: fall in love with my wife every day gag me it's disgusting <laughs> but very true we... No, nah, i'm
0: immediately thinking of that one tiktok you guys made on your wedding day of the i fall in love yes you it oh cute with someone new.
1: we stopped at a comic book store and i bought them a bunch of harlivey comics so they have a Aww. fat stack of comics yep, and i bought myself so a giant pokemon card i don't know if you can see it from here it's a giant mudkip that's like the size of my Ooh. face
0: uh it's like it's right there. Uh, oh, yeah. that's There it is. Okay. It takes
1: up actually the whole shelf. Yeah, it does. <laughs> <laughs> and um, ate a oh. lot of chocolate-covered strawberries. That's the only thing I ask for every Valentine's Day. And you had Day. sushi. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Sushi looked good. Mm-hmm. Oh, my goodness. Yeah.
1: Here's my one fun Valentine's story. Throwback Valentine's story. At Ooh. college... I loved Valentine's Day because in the dining halls, they would serve us chocolate-covered strawberries, and it was like one of those swipe systems where you just swipe to go in and you eat Mm. whatever they have as as much as you want. Yeah. Yeah. And you just, you go crazy. So I loved Valentine's Day every year because I had chocolate-covered strawberries, and I ate seven that day and then immediately got sick. And seven is still my record.
0: (laughs) Just seven? Seven, yeah. How big were these strawberries? They're I think I could big. at least, I think I could put at least away oh, 10, I think. Bet. Okay. <laughs> Next Valentine's <laughs> Day, when I've moved to LA. Chocolate
1: covered strawberry eating contest. We're, we're
0: ha- oh, it's like a drinking contest, but you and I are just, we like we have to go like bite for bite with these chocolate covered strawberries.
1: Ooh. Let's do it. Next Valentine's Day,
0: all the content generation we're gonna get by just living near each other—it's gonna be—it's <laughs> de- gonna be amazing.
1: Watch out, listeners!
0: Look out, everyone! <laughs> we're about to hit the big time. Uh... Yes, I did absolutely nothing for Valentine's Day, and I—I I see that as a win. Yeah. I—I uh, I started playing Assassin's Creed too. That's what I did. <laughs> I was thinking
1: yesterday, actually, it's been a hot minute since we played Monster Prom slash Monster Road Trip. Yeah, true. We should should play a a
0: Monster Prom Mm -hmm. game.
1: I miss flirting (sighs) with the monsters.
0: Those sexy, sexy monsters. (laughs) I don't know why I had to burp between them.
1: It's all that Uh, milk. (laughs) It's all that, yeah,
0: all all that caffeinated milk I'm drinking. No, carbonated, not caffeinated. (laughs) Carbonated milk. Oh, bubbly milk.
1: If <laughs> I don't oh, like it, I don't like God, it. God,
0: that would be terrifying. Uh... I... <laughs> God. Get a soda stream and just fucking carbonate some milk. Terrible. I'm Googling that one second'm <laughs> Carbonated milk. Carbonated milk. I don't
1: even know what that carbonated word. milk
0: Oh, it's an actual drink that is sold. Like. It's a popular La- drink in East Asia.
1: Is it like... Like a milk tea latte type thing?
0: Uh,
1: no, that's not carbonated. Well, the Wikipedia
0: article just says carbonated milk is milk that has been carbonated and sold for human consumption.
1: Hey, listeners, please let us know if you've tried carbonated milk. And if you haven't, try mm-hmm. it and report back, please. Yeah.
0: Okay. Uh- I don't know it's about a, that Apparently, one. it's a big thing in uh, East Asia.
1: East Asians, please also report back. Let me know.
0: There, I'm skeptical Gio at best. It's a beverage produced by the Coca-Cola Company consisting of milk with flavored carbonated water. The flavors are citrus burst, peach mango, very berry, and tropical colada. The drink was tested on American market in 2009, but <laughs> failed to find brand appeal. Although, as of 2010, it was still produced in limited quantities.
1: Huh. I wonder if it's like uh, one of those Asian things where they have like a brand and they have a million flavors for that one brand.
0: Possibly. Like, they, like for they, Kit Kats and stuff. They sell basically the same product, but in Japan, called KU. KU? Q-O- yeah, Q-O-O. KU.
1: Oh, and today I learned.
0: Oh, but, oh, it's but that Non-carbonated. Says
1: non-carbonated so then, it's just milk.
0: <laughs> I don't know. We've we've gone down a rabbit hole here. <laughs> we gotta talk about Lord of the Rings. We gotta uh, we gotta get back on track. And we with get that back, milk talk, we gotta get to the part of Lord of the Rings where J.R.R. Tolkien wrote down the word boner. We have to get there.
1: Which? Okay, oh, I you'll guess...
0: find out. You'll find out. We'll we will have a nice little talk about that because I'm we'll gonna tweet. Tw- I'm going to tweet out there? just the word boner in quotations and then associate <laughs> that quote with J.R.R. Tolkien.
1: Jimmy <laughs> Tolkien.
0: Goodness. <laughs> All right. In three, two, one. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of The Silly Marillion. I am your host, Paul, a connoisseur of carbonated milk and also Lord of the Rings. And I am here with my good friend and uh, quest companion. How- See, you're you're no longer a beginner. You're We're just on this quest together.
1: Quest companion, I love it
0: uh tori tori welcome to the show
1: hi paul thanks for having me thanks for sharing this nice carbonated milk beverage with me
0: yes Uh, we have them in the uh in those mugs they have on like late night television hosts it's branded with the silly Merlion. yeah we need silly Merlion branded carbonated milk that's what we need It's the flavor people want.
1: And the mug has just like silmarils around like the top of the, or like the handle of the mug.
0: Which, okay, which Lord of the Rings character would you think would be most likely to drink carbonated milk? I want to say Gollum, because he seems fucked up enough that he would.
1: yes.
0: Who drinks the carbonated
1: milk? I kind of want to give it to a dwarf, but I think that's just kind of like, I I imagine a milk mustache on their, like... (laughs) on their um like their beard and their mustache
0: yeah but it's i don't i think it has to be like fucked up creatures who drink carbonate <gasps> milk because it's kind of that concept kind of terrifies me i'll say Gollum and ungoliant those are the mm-hmm. the two who drink carbonate oh, milk
1: ungoliant good one and... well if we're going we might as well just give it to Melkor.
0: Nah, I think he's got too much class to drink carbonated milk. He's still too milk.
1: classy. <laughs>
0: nah, he's still got the bling of the Silmarils. He can't possibly imbibe carbonated milk. God. Anyway, we're we're talking. Okay, <laughs> I am putting an end to the talk of carbonated milk for now. Uh, my mind was just blown by the concept. Well, Instead,
1: you know, oh, I bet you, I bet milk. you, the Lake Town men would have carbonated milk.
0: Why? Why would <laughs> the Lake Town men drink they carbonated just milk? Just seem
1: like funky little fellas, such as yourself.
0: Wait, no, you know who would drink the carbonated milk? Uh, the elves of Merkwood, but only the elves of Merkwood from the animated Hobbit movie. Those f- creepy little it green Also the like funky dudes. little fellas. <laughs> they would be the ones who drank the carbonated milk. Thranduil, uh... looking like a goblin creature with his like fucking three root-like toes. Like no, that that motherfucker drinks. Little Grinch milk. toes. Oh god.
1: Anyway, that was a great anyway. storm.
0: Anyway, so hello Chapter guys.
1: Twelve.
0: We are we are at the end of the first book.
1: Oh my Not god! To be yes. Be confused
0: with Fellowship of the Ring, but rather just the first book of end of the,
1: of, the of the first Ring. book of the first book.
0: Of chapter Flight to the Ford, which is a, yeah. a very eventful uh chapter, to be quite honest. A lot happens in this chapter.
1: I a read, lot of walking. I read half yesterday and I was like, nothing's happening in this chapter. They're just walking and Frodo's moaning because he got his little cursed injury.
0: And it, then I read them... they're walking and Frodo's actively dying. <laughs>
1: yeah. Pipe down, Frodo. Man up.
0: Frodo, come on. <laughs>
1: It's just a little sad <laughs> word. but then I read the rest of the half today, and I was like, "Wait, there's mm-hmm. actually there's actually a lot of action that's happening here."
0: Yes. So, so jumping right in, we have Frodo essentially like waking up from a bad dream, going, "Where is the Pale King?" And then I'm like, "That's that's like something like your like your friend who's just coming off a high says when they're waking up." Like,
1: I was gonna say, "Was that your nickname in high school?"
0: the pale king. <laughs> the pale king no that's just the pale guy uh, actually i was torso boy but that's another story
1: torso boy oh, you yeah, do have I a long have, torso i am
0: i am very much torso you've like, been
1: torso since forever i'm
0: taller i'm taller than you but i'm pretty sure our legs end at around the same spot <laughs> like and the rest of me just is torso <laughs> And as he, like, comes to, like, they're looking over him, Sam is not leaving his side, and, like, Aragorn comes Sam. back to the camp after scouting around, and Sam immediately draws his dagger and stands over Frodo. Uh, yeah, Sam drew his sword and stood over Frodo, but Strider knelt down swiftly at his side.
1: Yeah, there's... Oh, was... it's, it's
0: mostly them just, like, recovering from the attack at Weathertop. Yeah,
1: Tom. and everyone uh, being they'd... very worried about him... And I might be jumping the gun a bit, but there's like a point where the wound heals, and there's nothing but like a white scar, but he's still like further on, yeah, feeling the kind of cursed effects of this little stabby yeah. stab wound.
0: it's uh the dagger that smote him was a morgul blade and the thing about these blades is that like, they're meant to break when they stab someone so they so like a beast they penetrate the skin and then break and like part of the blade stays in the skin Ooh. the body will heal over it but then it will start to like it work its way inward towards all right
1: your heart. now i'm picturing the black riders as uh wasps or bees <laughs> and they're just just bees in really dark cloaks and then they just now go I'm around stinging people Nazgul, and then like losing their butts.
0: The Nazgul, but portrayed by the bees from the bee movie.
1: <laughs> yeah, the like, like. Which King is, the...
0: is like the Jerry Seinfeld bee, Barry B. Benson. You the like the very jazz? strong,
1: like, police kind of, like, warrior, tough guy bees. God. <laughs> now no, we're recasting. Not even them.
0: It's the got... Fellowship. No. That's the bee. We don't, movie. We're, not, we're not doing that. We're we're doing good analysis of the book.
1: We're
0: doing good analysis. I swear to this fucking what, God.
1: This is what the people came for. Carbonated uh, milk in the B-movie.
0: Carbonate. Oh, God, that sounds like a just hell-on-earth scenario. This is
1: quality content.
0: Granted, I do actually enjoy watching the B-movie, uh, but only, only in an ironic sense.
1: Yes, yes
0: the uh aragorn does his best to do like field medic kind of stuff he mm-hmm. he staunches the wound he looks over it sees uh how the blade was broken and is like okay well this is beyond my ability to heal so we got to get this dude to the er aka rivendell <laughs> and he he's like i got i got these dirty leaves called athalas and they will help you kingsfoil kingsfoil that's a weed and he basically crushes it, and jams it into Frodo's shoulder. Whew. And he also throws it into some boiling water, and it actually makes everyone feel a little bit better, because it gives off this kind of aromatic uh, kind of... it's uh, Oh, God, it's like what that is it like natural oil? oils, Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. Now Aragorn of, is just like Aragorn a soccer mom. A, he just pulls out a crystal, and like just sets <laughs> yeah. it next to Frodo. He's like, this will heal you, man. and then they're like okay let's get the fuck out of here and they do they get the fuck out of there and just start making their way downtown
1: making
0: my way we gotta start stop quoting that song
1: they're not listening and
0: then just (laughs) a it's just a travel montage of frodo actively dying (laughs) and everyone being like oh no just trying to go as fast as they possibly can with a dying hobbit, and Aragorn see... kind of
1: like pops away and comes back, and he pops yeah. away. He gets some leaves, pops back, and doesn't he find like the cloak too with the little? slash oh, that was slash before. In it? That was
0: before they left Weathertop. That's when he was doing his crime scene investigation. <laughs> he found the bullet oh, casing yes, that the shot Frodo. <laughs>
1: I thought it was interesting, he said, more deadly to him was the name of Elbreth. Yes. Which I love I like that. It.
0: He mentions how like Frodo had like struck out with his sword at the Witch King and cried, Ah Elbreth Gilthaniel. And the sword while they are weapons of Numenor, they have no real ability to hurt the Nazgul. Um well we might see how that affects the Nazgul later. But uh, in in that moment, it is said that the name of Varda was more deadly to the Witch King than the actual blade, simply because Varda is this hallowed matron of the stars who cannot be touched. Absolute queen shit. Slay.
1: (laughs) Slay, Varda, slay. Uh,
0: And they then make their way to the last bridge, where Aragorn's like, okay, let me investigate it because they might try to hold the last bridge against us. He checks it out, comes back, and he's like, I don't know what the fuck that means, but I did find this. And he finds a single pale green jewel,
1: and it is a barrel.
0: It is an elf stone. And he's like, I don't know if this just happened to fall here or if it was put there on purpose, but it gives me hope.
1: And you know, it was mentioned by Jimmy, so it might mean something. Or maybe not. Maybe it could be like Tom Bombadil and just... Never hear again. Oh,
0: God. <laughs> can never we can never fully trust Jimmy after what he did <laughs> with Tom Bombadil. Uh and, and they've been really walking like... for
1: a while. I think they said at this point when they find the stone six they're days. at the fifth day. Yeah, fifth sixth day, day. And then fifth sixth, yeah. Fifth
0: or fifth or sixth.
1: They're gone for a while, and Frodo's just dying.
0: Yeah, and Frodo's like, uh <laughs> It's giving me the vibes of you ever get like really car sick, but like They don't want to pull over, so you just keep driving, and you're kind of just sticking your head out the window, trying to like maintain a bit of like control on your Mm bow on your fucking stomach,
1: and it just lasts forever.
0: I feel like that's how it. I mean, it probably feels even worse because he is actively dying, as we said. (laughs) But that's uh, the closest we
1: can get to relating. It's like
0: really. It's the, it really like is. the
1: drive home after a holiday weekend from Vegas to LA where Terrible. everyone is hung over. You had to check out early from the hotel and it's just a, a four hour, five hour drive through traffic in the middle of the desert. That's the yeah. closest I can relate to Frodo in this moment.
0: Totally. I don't know what that means, but sure. <laughs> I've never been to Vegas. They then... Grand Frodo is able to kind of still converse. He's not feeling well, but he's not, like, in such pain that he cannot talk. And he asked, uh, after they crossed the last bridge, they're in this place that's technically called the Trollshaws. And Frodo's trollshaws. like, oh, is this, uh, who built all these, like, ruined towers? Is this troll country? And was like, no. Uh, again, it was the men of the North Kingdom. They used to live here, uh, but they did fall into ruin. Mom. And he does give a hint of who he is by saying the heirs of Elendil do not forget all things past, and many more things than I can tell are remembered in Rivendell. Have you been to Rivendell? said Frodo. I have, said Strider. I dwelt there once, and still I return when I may. There my heart is, but it's not my fate to sit in peace, even in the fair house of Elrond.
1: I underlined that line because it, it, it was so cute. There my heart is. Oh.
0: Happy Valentine's Day. There is one. <laughs> they then are, again, it's just a constant travel montage where yep. they're just making their way through the Troll making Shaws, which is like this rocky, wooded, hilly region right before you hit the Misty Mountains.
1: You know what? That's what I'm going to call this chapter Making My Way.
0: Making My Way?
1: Because that is this, a good chunk. This,
0: this, the Silly Marillion. Uh, Vanessa Carlton tribute episode. <laughs> so, from there, they, again, they keep traveling.
1: It rains a little bit. The sun comes up a little bit. They scramble over rocky ground.
0: Frodo does start getting slightly worse. Uh, And Sam says, What is wrong? What's the matter with my master? Asks Sam in a low voice, looking appealingly at Strider. His wound was small, and it is already closed. There's nothing to be seen but a cold white mark on his shoulder. Yeah. Frodo has been touched by the weapons of the enemy, said Strider, and there is some poison or evil at work that is beyond my skill to drive out. But do not give up hope, Sam.
1: But do not give up hope, Sam. That's also a good line.
0: Mm-hmm. And eventually they come across a uh, troll hole or a troll cave where trolls might sleep in uh, during the day because everyone knows stone trolls cannot be in the sunlight or else they turn to stone. Mm-hmm. And so it it's after like, they follow this large path that was made by someone apparently. And they're like, well, obviously this was made by trolls, but it is like, they're like, oh, this hole has long been forsaken. Strider's like looking around, looking at the markings, it's like, obviously, no one has been here for a good long while. And then as they continue further down this trail, Pippin and Mary go ahead and then run back and they're like, there are trolls. Holy shit, guys, there are trolls. <laughs> and Strider just picks up a stick and says, let's go look at them. And I he laughed goes up that. to one of these trolls and hits them with a stick and said, get up, old stone. <laughs> and why? I love this. Why
1: pick up a stick? What I know because he, he knew what was going yeah, to come he, about, but
0: Yeah. I was like I out of all the first things. off, it was the middle of the day when they come across it. So he's like, even if like I don't know who these trolls are, which I have the sneaking suspicion that he's come across these trolls before. Hmm. Uh he is definitely like it's daylight. Uh <laughs> in fact, here's what they say. Uh Frodo laughed. Well, he said, we are forgetting our family history. These must be the very three that were caught by Gandalf quarreling over the right way to cook 13 dwarves (laughs) and one hobbit. I had no idea we were anywhere near the place, said Pippin. He knew the story well, and Bilbo and Frodo had told it often, but as a matter of fact, he had never more than half believed it. Even now, he looked at the stone trolls with suspicion, wondering if some magic might not suddenly bring them to life again. You are forgetting not only your family history, but all you ever knew about trolls, said Strider. It is broad daylight with a bright sun and yet you come back trying to scare me with a tale of live trolls waiting for us in the glade in case you might have no- uh, in case you might have noticed that one of them has an old bird's nest behind his ear that would be a most unusual ornament for a live troll
1: I love it I love it so and let me tell you how gleeful I was to hear the line Quarrelling over the right way to cook thirteen dwarves and one hobbit because I was like, yes. I know that story. I've read that I story. I, I get the reference.
0: <laughs> Just cue the Steve Rogers. I understood that reference. Meme. Uh
1: <laughs> such a cute little throwback.
0: And they all continue. They all laugh at this, and it kind of brings Frodo's spirits back by remembering Bilbo's successful adventure. Yeah, and being like, you know what? Maybe it can be me too. And so that kind of gives him heart. And as they're resting in the sun, uh, Mary's like, can I have a song? We haven't had a song for days. And Frodo says, not since Weathertop. And it kind of throws this ominousness around. And Mary's like, well, come on, Sam. You knew a, you knew a good fucking song before. Do you know a new Sam, one? Sam,
1: Sam, Sam.
0: And Sam's like, uh, well, this I know this one, but it's not exactly poetry. And uh, <clears throat> I shall sing it.
1: Good old bard Sam.
0: Troll sat alone on a seat of stone and munched and mumbled a bare old bone. For many a year he had it near, for meat was hard to come by. Done by, come by. In a cave in the hills he dwelt alone, and meat was hard to come by. Up came Tom with his big boots on, says he to Troll, pray what is yon? For it looks like the shin of mine Uncle Tim. As should be lying in graveyard, caveyard, paveyard This many a year has Tim been gone, and I thought he were lying in graveyard. My lad, says Tro, this bone I stow, but what be bones that lie in a hole? Thine uncle was dead as a lump of lead, Afore I found his shin bone Tin bone, thin bone he can spare a share for a poor old troll, For he don't need his shin-bone. Said Tom Mountsey, what likes of thee, Without axe and leaves should go makin' free, With a shank or the shin o' my father's kin. So hand thee, old bone, over, rover, trover, Though dead he be, it belongs to he. So hand thee, old bone, over. For a couple of pins, says Troll, and grins, I'll eat thee, too, and gnaw thy shins. A bit of fresh meat will go down sweet, I'll try my teeth on thee now, ye now, see now, I'm tired of gnawing old bones and skins, I'm a nine to dine on thee now. But. Just as he thought his dinner was caught, he found his hands had hold of naught. Before he could mind, Tom slipped behind, and gave him the boot to larn him. Warn him, darn him, a bump of the boot on the seat, Tom thought, would be the way to larn him. But harder than stone is the flesh and bone of a troll that dwells in the hills alone. You might as well set your boot to the mountain's root, for the seat of a troll don't feel it, peel it. Heal it! Old Troll laughed when he heard Tom groan, and he knew that his toes could feel it. Tom's leg is game since Honey came, and his bootless foot is lasting lame. But Troll don't care, and he's still there with the bone that he boned from its owner. Donor, boner! Troll's salt steed is still the same, and the bone he boned from his owner.
1: Where did you come by that, Sam? I've never heard those words before. It's out of his own head, of course.
0: Yes. (laughs) Oh, God.
1: Sam the Bart just coming up with his songs on the spot.
0: And I love how Pippin's like, where did you come by that? I've never heard those words before. And Sam just mutters something, and I imagine of just looking so fondly at Sam as he goes. It's out of his own head of course. I am learning a lot about Sam Gamgee on this journey. First he was a conspirator, now he's a jester. He'll end up by becoming a wizard or a warrior. I hope not, said Sam. I don't want to be neither.
1: (laughs) So cute. (laughs) And yeah, I did not expect with the bone he boned from its owner. Donor Mm. boner. And the bone he boned from its owner. I did that's just out of context. Great, great line, Jimmy. Great line.
0: I am like we just need to just in quotations just put boner and then <laughs> J.R.R. <R>. Tolkien. <laughs>
1: but next to a very serious photo, like author photo of him.
0: Oh my god, yes. Like I'm, that I'm one making, making that meme in uh, Lord of the Rings, uh hey. the silly Marillion.
1: The photo that I have imagined is that one that you made combining Jimmy with uh, Ryan Reynolds.
0: (laughs) Oh, that's what we'll use then. That'll be the one. That'll (laughs) be it. everyone. (laughs) Perfect. Uh... Flawless. Delightful.
1: So that was a little kind of bright spot in the middle of their otherwise dreary walkthrough, travels through while Frodo moans and groans and dies. Mm
0: Mm-hmm. They uh, have a little stop by a stone marker where they're like, well, this must be where the dwarves hid all the troll gold. Mary's like, I wonder uh, uh, how much is left of Bilbo's share, I wonder, Frodo. And Frodo goes, none at all. Bilbo gave it all away. He told me he did not feel it was really his as it came from robbers.
1: So sweet.
0: So they continue on their journey, uh, but then all of a sudden they come across the sound that they are consistently dreading, that they have been dreading since they even started in the Shire itself, the clippity-clop of horse hooves on the road.
1: Clippity-clop. I get it's a serious moment, but just reading clippity-clippity-clip, clippity-clip, clippity-clippity-clip does clippity-clip. it, it it sounds a little cute. Yeah. <laughs> The light faded, and the leaves on the brushes rustled softly. Clearer and nearer now the bells jingled, and clippity-clip came the quick, trotting feet. Suddenly into view below came a white horse, gleaming in the shadows, running swiftly. In the dusk its headstall flickered and flashed, as if it were studded with gems like living stars. The rider's cloak streamed behind him, and his hood was thrown back, his golden hair flowed shimmering in the wind of his speed. To Frodo it appeared that a white light was shining through the form and raiment of the rider, as if through a thin veil. Strider sprang from hiding and dashed down towards the road, leaping with a cry through the heather. But even before he had moved or called, the rider had reined in his horse and halted, looking up towards the thicket where they stood. When he saw Strider, he dismounted and ran to meet him, calling out, my <inaudible> His speech and clear, ringing voice left no doubt in their hearts. The rider was of the elven folk. No others that dwelt in the wide world had voices so fair to hear, but there seemed to be a note of haste or fear in his call, and they saw that he was now speaking quickly and urgently to Strider. Soon Strider beckoned to them, and the hobbits left the bushes and hurried down to the road.
0: This is Glorfindel, who dwells in the house of Elrond,
1: said Strider.
0: Hail, and well met at last,
1: said the elf lord of Frodo.
0: "'I was sent from Rivendell to look for you. We fear that you are in danger upon the road.'
1: And Gandalf has reached Rivendell?' cried Frodo joyfully.
0: "'No, he had not when I departed, but that was nine days ago,'
1: answered Glorfindel.
0: "'Elrond received news that troubled him. Some of my kindred, journeying in your land beyond the Baranduin, learned that things were amiss, and sent messages as swiftly as they could.' They said that the Nine were abroad, and that you were astray, bearing a great burden without guidance, for Gandalf had not returned. There are few even in Rivendell who can ride openly against the Nine, but such as there were Elrond sent out north, west, and south. It was thought that you might turn far aside to avoid pursuit, and become lost in the wilderness. It was my lot to take the road, and I came to the bridge of Matthiathel, and left a token there nigh on seven days ago three of the servants of Sauron were upon the bridge, but they withdrew, and I pursued them westward. I came also upon two others, but they turned away southward. Since then I have searched for your trail. Two days ago I found it, and followed it over the bridge, and today I marked where you descended from the hills again. But come, there is no time for further news. Since you are here, we must risk the peril of the road and go. There are five behind us, and when they find your trail upon the road, they will ride after us like the wind." "'And they are not all. Where the other four may be, I do not know. "'I fear that we may find the ford is already held against us.'
1: "'While Gorfindel was speaking, the shades of evening deepened. "'Frodo felt a great weariness come over him. "'Ever since the sun began to sink, the mist before his eyes had darkened, "'and he felt that a shadow was coming between him and the faces of his friends. "'Now pain assailed him, and he felt cold. "'He swayed, clutching at Sam's arm.
0: "'My master is sick and wounded.'
1: said Sam angrily.
0: He can't go on riding after nightfall. He needs
1: rest. Glorfindel caught Frodo as he sank to the ground, and taking him gently in his arms, he looked in his face with grave anxiety. Briefly, Strider told of the attack on their camp under Weathertop and of the deadly knife. He drew out the hilt, which he had kept, and handed it to the elf. Glorfindel shuddered as he took it, but he looked intently at it.
0: There are evil things written upon this hilt, he said. "'though maybe your eyes cannot see them. "'Keep it, Aragorn, till we reach the house of Elrond. "'But be wary, and handle it as little as you may. "'Alas, the wounds of this weapon are beyond my skill to heal. "'I will do what I can, but all the more I do urge you now to go on without rest.'
1: He searched the wound on Frodo's shoulders with his fingers, and his face grew graver, as if what he learned disquieted him. But Frodo felt the chill lessen in his side and arm, a little warmth crept down from his shoulder to his hand and the pain grew easier the dusk of easing seemed to grow lighter about him as if a cloud had been withdrawn he saw his friends faces more clearly again and a measure of new hope and strength returned
0: you shall ride my horse
1: said glorfindo
0: i will shorten the stirrups up to the saddle skirts and you must sit as tight as you can but you need not fear my horse will not let any rider fall that i command him to bear his pace is light and smooth And if the danger presses too near, he will bear you away with a speed that even the black steeds of the enemy cannot rival.
1: No, he will not, said Frodo. I shall not ride him if I am to be carried off to Rivendell or anywhere else, leaving my friends behind in danger. Glorfindel smiled.
0: I doubt very much, he said. If your friends would be in danger if you were not with them, the pursuit would follow you and leave us in peace, I think. It is you, Frodo, and that which you bear that brings us all in peril. See? And that's our introduction to Glorfindel.
1: Yeah. Well,
0: our second introduction to Glorfindel. That's
1: Okay, I looked up Glorfindel after reading this because I was like, who is this the blondie elf? Mm-hmm. And this guy's been around.
0: Yeah, we. I, I, I know that we at least covered him during the fall of Gondolin, for sure. Yeah,
1: when I saw but... he was an elf in Gondolin, I was like, wait. Come again? Yeah. That's the first age? What age first is first age. In? Yeah, that's first and, age. And we're in, like, post-third age? What age uh, is this, technically?
0: This is still the third age, but technically age? it's, like, okay. the very end of the third age. It's been several thousand years, really.
1: <laughs> I did a deep dive on him, and apparently this guy died.
0: Yeah, he he died... He died killing a Balrog, and then came no back D. to Middle-earth to help things out.
1: No big deal. No he problem. He, like, bopped back around uh, Valinor for a little bit?
0: Yep, he uh, he recovered there for a time, and then uh, eventually came back to Middle-earth to uh, just kind of chill, really.
1: As he deserves. What a badass, though.
0: Yeah, no, he he's done a lot.
1: I looked him up to see what lineage he came from but i don't even think i got that far because i was too impressed with his insane history
0: yeah he's uh he's an elf of i believe like the house like a the house of golden flowers i think it's called yeah which was one of like i believe seven noble houses of gondolin that were underneath the king okay so he is, he is like, a great elf lord. And actually, in Lord of the Rings Online, uh, there's this thing called um, hope and dread in uh, Lord of the Rings Online, where if you are near certain characters, they will give you a sense of hope or a sense of dread. And if they Ooh. give you a sense of hope, it, like, buffs your health and stuff around you. And if it's a sense of dread, it, like, lowers your health and, like, your ability to heal. So, like, yeah. when you are first approached by the Nazgul in that game, you get like plus five to dread, and you you can't like at a, at a certain point you're too scared that you can't even move. So mm. that's like what dread will do. If you are by Frodo, uh, you actually get plus one dread because he's still bearing the ring, and it gives Whoa, you a little sense clever. of unease. Yeah. Uh, and then you have characters like uh, like Bilbo gives like plus three uh, hope, or um uh like Elrond gives like plus five. Worfendell gives a full plus 10 hope nice. because he is uh, an elf of the first stage. He's an elf of Valinor. He has seen the light of the trees. It's it's oh, at I least got thought of. At least. So this is a super ancient elf just writing up almost out of the stories of like Bilbo's like history books of the Silmarillion yeah. into... The Lord of the Rings, and you would never guess that if you had just read Lord of the Rings, because he just appears to be yeah. just some guy. But then you realize that he does say, "There are few, even in Rivendell, that can ride openly against the Nine. But such as there were, Elrond sent out northwest and south, and he was one of them. And mm. the fact that he is now like relied upon to be able to like face down the Nazgul. So Orfandall's yeah, and." Dope. Yeah, uh, he arrives with his horse Asphaloth, puts Frodo on it, and is just like, "Hey, if (laughs) I tell him to run, my my boy's gonna run. He will." I'm just imagining him like
1: picking up Frodo and like plopping him on this beautiful, majestic horse.
0: Basically, this like (laughs) yeah, this majestic white horse that's just well,
1: that's like it's the main in the dusk. Its headstall flickered and flashed as if it were studded with gems like living stars.
0: Yes, it's a beautiful horse beautiful beautiful horse <laughs> and so as they go along uh like they need to keep moving because at this point Glorfindel has seen how grievous Frodo's wound is they have yeah. to get to Rivendell and who knows what the nine riders might be doing out in the wilderness to try to thwart them so instead of like stopping for food he instead gives them all a little a little liquor from his silver-studded flask, and it was as it was clear as spring water and had no taste. And I'm like, oh, oh everclear? Is that everclear?
1: Ah. Some elven again, it, everclear.
0: It did not feel either cool or warm, so it can't be everclear because everclear it's just feels hot.
1: Elven clear.
0: Elven clear. Ah, that's what we're serving at my bar. Elven clear. <laughs> Uh, but strength and vigor seemed to flow into all their limbs as they drank it. Eaten after that draught, the stale bread and dried fruit, which was all that they had left, seemed to satisfy their hunger better than many a good breakfast in the Shire had done.
1: So they're a little rejuvenated, and they've added someone to their party.
0: Mm-hmm. They keep going, and they get to the ford, the ford of Bruinen, and- finally. As they are approaching, all of a sudden they hear the sound of horses coming. It's a big and clock. Glorfindel turns around and goes, Fly! The enemy is upon us! And the white horse runs, but Frodo tries to rein in the horse to stay with his friends. And he... old Frodo. But it's also a mix of that, but he also feels this strange reluctance as the riders come on. And it's the influence of the ring, yeah. and to the point where he cannot physically bring himself to run away. Uh, Glorfindel needs to run, uh, yell to his horse, "Norolim, Norolim, Asfaloth," and the horse books it.
1: it's the only time they mention the name of the horse, right?
0: Yep. Okay. Asfaloth.
1: I didn't know if that was like a name or some other Elven. Something. If it's
0: capitalized, it's a name. Okay, and so Frodo rides away on the <laughs> elf horse and tries to uh cross the fords of bruin and and he does uh but he 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 looks back over his shoulder and he only sees the riders. He could see them clearly now. They appeared to have cast aside their hoods and black cloaks, and they were robed in white and gray. Swords were naked in their pale hands. Helms were on their heads. Their cold eyes glittered, and they called to him with fell voices. The horse takes him across the Fords of Bruin and... And the riders stop on the other side of the fords because there's a magic to these fords because the river Bruinen flows out from Rivendell, and so it, it it's under the control of Elrond. And Frodo, like he even like he puts on a valiant defense. He draws his sword and yells, "Go back, go back to the land of Mordor and follow me no more." I, I love oh a little Bombadil th- callback. His voice sounded thin and shrill in his own ears. The riders halted, but Frodo had not the power of Bombadil. <laughs> his enemies laughed at him with harsh and chilling laughter. Come back! Come back! To Mordor we will take you! Frodo yells, By Elbereth and Luthian the Fair, you shall have neither the ring nor me! And the black riders rush forward to try to take him, but just as they enter... The fords, a great rushing of water comes down the river and just takes them away, and then Frodo passes out, which is like a traditional Hobbit thing to do. Yeah, like, I was going to say Mary loves
1: Baggins of him.
0: Loves knocking his hobbits unconscious and then having them like come to just in the next up. chapter to like a monologue from another character to just tell them what the fuck happened.
1: That's how you know if it's a Jimmy story. <laughs>
0: Yeah, how many of these main characters were knocked out and were unable to witness a really cool thing that happened? It's
1: also a little bit of a cheat sheet for him. He's like, ah, I don't feel like writing this scene, so you know what? Yeah, he's like, they're unconscious.
0: He's like, ah, I'm tired of I'm tired of writing today. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna have him knock unconscious, and then I'll just fill that in later. But yeah, that's that's the flight to the Ford, the Ford of Bruinen. Uh one of the notable changes from the movies because in the movies it is Arwen who finds Aragorn and the hobbits out in the wilderness instead Ooh. of Glorfindel. Glorfindel is completely written out of the movie, mm. which I think is a good decision. Uh if you want to add a more like female representation in Lord of the Rings, yeah. it is a very much a sausage party of a book.
1: So, such a party just makes me and think it, of it, that it, it gives sausage party,
0: it gives Arwen something better to do. And if she's actually going out to save uh, Aragorn, it draws better parallels to the story of Baron and Luthien, where mm. Luthien is consistently going out to save Baron as yeah. opposed to just waiting back in Rivendell, which is basically what Arwen does in the books. Like, she's kind of She's relegated to more of this prize than actual character, which mm. is unfortunate. But that's that's how it's written. Interesting. And yeah, thus ends the first real hurdle of our book. Yeah, we are really now a, a lot of... we are now we are now a sixth of the way of the through the entire series.
1: Do you have like an ebook open to say? Uh, yes, like, I do. What percentage that was?
0: Uh, well, there it's split into. Six books, and this is the end of the first book. So Whoa. we are a sixth of the way through.
1: Gotcha. And yeah, so yeah, many meetings. How'd you like Hoo-hoo. it?
0: Yeah, many meetings. That that's gonna. I'm looking forward to that next chapter actually, because yeah, you get to a fat. Song you run into in this a, one. a bunch of new characters. You get the lay of Aordenil in that one. That's another mm-hmm. good one. Yeah, I'm excited. So. Good shit. Good shit. I got. I got very little to say about this chapter. Uh, it's very. It's very slow at times because it's literally them describing them walking. There is no real. There is some character development in that we see. Sam is a lot more knowledgeable when it comes to music and song. He's a lot deeper. He's a lot deeper than implied, and how fond Frodo just is of him. You have also the. Uh, kind of uh, like almost tenderness that Aragorn shows. There are several times where Aragorn mm. is constantly reassuring the hobbits and yeah. letting them know that like don't worry we'll make it. You, you, like Frodo will be fine. We just gotta make it. Just keep going. Mm. Just keep swimming. <laughs> and you get that revelation. You get The arrival of Glorfindel, which is a little nod to people who read the Silmarillion, uh, not not the Silmarillion, the Silmarillion. Granted, of course, when this was published, the Silmarillion wasn't published yet, so no one really knew who the fuck Glorfindel was. He was was just he was just an elf,
1: yeah, just this kind of kick-ass elf
0: come help save the day.
1: You do kind of see a little bit with these chapters uh, the tenacity of Frodo and him being able to hang on days with this injury
0: i i believe it is noted at the beginning of the first um of the next chapter where someone tells frodo hey i know lots of like strong humans who would have succumbed to this wound before you
1: yeah and I like moments like that that show how strong he is. It's like, it kind of reminds you that's why he has the ring. That's why he's carrying it. Because he has this strength to him that others don't to be able mm-hmm. to handle it. Even though he does get uh, grabbed and stabbed a lot.
0: Grabbed and stabbed. What, <laughs> what? What's the point of a hobbit if they can't be both grabbed and stabbed? Uh, yeah. So I believe that's Everything I have to talk about with this chapter.
1: Solid. And next we'll get we'll uh, take part in book two.
0: Yes, book two. Book
1: Book two of book one.
0: Book two of book one. Uh, Many meetings.
1: Yeah, that's it. That's all, folks. Thanks for listening to our shit.
0: Yeah, drink carbonated milk, everyone. Have fun. Da da da. Da da da. It was, thought that you, it was thought that you might turn... It was thought that you might turn far aside to... Provo- oh, fuck. <laughs> I will shorten the stirrups up to the... I will... Fuck.
1: St- it's
0: that milk. Need a, we need a... Oh, it's the carbonated milk. <laughs> I will shorten the stirrups up to the...
1: If you're feeling creative with your editing, you should put all these together at the
0: end. I might. I just might. I will shorten this shit. Uh.
1: You got this. You got this.
0: (laughs) Seashells, seashells by the seashore.